0: Welcome to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Whether you're listening live on the community radio network or via podcast, here's the show where you learn from experts, be inspired by journeys, and discover more about making your small business a success. I'm Alexi Boyd, broadcaster, advocate, and small business owner. Let's meet today's guests. So LinkedIn is the place to be if you're B2B. We all know that. But are we getting to the messaging, the profile, the social strategy actually correct? How can we possibly understand the algorithm, which I might add keeps changing, and how can you tell if your message is even making a difference? Like all social media, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. You still need to be yourself, be polite, and wear your happy face, and know where the dangers lie. But this is business rather than socialising, and sometimes it can be hard to tell the difference. For example, how do you build a LinkedIn network of followers, and how do you find the balance between numbers and genuine connections? There is literally no one else I would have on this radio show to educate you on priming your LinkedIn profile and LinkedIn social media planning, than Jillian Bullock. She speaks all over Australia, is the only certified LinkedIn ninja in Australia, and is incredibly generous with her knowledge of the LinkedIn matrix. Welcome to the show again, again, <laughs> again, Jillian. Wow, it's great to have you on the program. Always um, enjoy having you. Never mind, my listeners, I'm learning. <laughs> That's the important. Well, that thing. is the main thing. Exactly. So I'm learning all about LinkedIn, which is I have to say my happy place. Ooh. I never have, um, I never have like a, an argument in my head with LinkedIn. <laughs> I'll do that with other social with media other social platforms. Media, yeah. I never hate on them. Okay. Uh, except for maybe the fact that it's really expensive to advertise on there. But, but oh yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. Okay. So let's um, tell me a little bit about firstly, um, you know, LinkedIn in general for yeah. anybody who's just fallen on this radio show or this podcast and gone, oh, what's that? How does that work? <laughs> Give me a quick, like, really broad overview on what is LinkedIn and why is it different from other social media channels.
1: Okay. Um, 25 words or less if I can. So LinkedIn's <laughs> uh, reputation is is around job hunting and job seeking. So that's what a lot of people think of it as a default. But, of course, those that are already in business um, that are looking to grow business, it is probably the number one platform for, as you said, B2B, but it's a fast-growing, a different strategy, but B2C is also um, a way to go on there now. So it seems to me like it doesn't matter who you are or what it is that you do, you do need to have a presence on
0: there. And it's not just a matter of sticking up some pictures of your kids and looking like a real human, which you have to do on other platforms. Mm. Um, It is important at the beginning, at the outset, to have... um, I guess a, a professional persona, not just a fun and friendly. I don't know if some people have got fun and friendly businesses, but still a professional-looking
1: one. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's. It, I guess it's around. If you think of it as it's your work side, mm. so yes, you may have a, a picture of your kid on the office table, but you don't bring them up at every single interval. You can you can slide in about your kids in conversations, mm. um, unless of course it's an example.
0: <laughs> yeah, or you, or you run a, a kids. Education or entertainment industry <laughs> Yeah, business.
1: tutoring business or something like that. Yeah, of course. Um, but then you're talking about other kids quite often rather mm. than your own anyway. So it's around the professional conversations mm. that you would normally have.
0: And what I find interesting <laughs> is when people jump onto LinkedIn and you can tell that they've just jumped on and then played whack-a-mole with trying to <laughs> grab as many connections as they can. Yeah. Um, because people who are in there and immersed in that culture are going to check out your profile. So... I guess what are the top three things if you're brand new to LinkedIn or you're just starting, what are the top three things you need to make sure look and behave
1: well in your profile section? Uh, Well, looking at uh, LinkedIn itself... A lot of people spend a lot of time on their websites and they spend maybe 10 minutes on their profile. Mm. So quite often they've got the information already on their website. They spent time on it. They crafted it. They hired a copywriter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, It could be the basis of your LinkedIn profile. It could be a way to start and just edit something you've already done mm-hmm. so that would be what would be one way spend more than 10 minutes yeah <laughs> on the profile but don't underestimate the power of visuals as well so the background cover images that are just the default um that's just not doing you any good think of that as like a major billboard um 65 of the population are visual learners so what can you put there to visually tell your story if you could imagine somebody coming to there that can't read English can they get the gist of what your profile is visually so it's kind of storytelling through pictures if you like um, and that will just solidify your message throughout the the profile as well so don't underestimate the the power of images um, and don't neglect the skills section. Okay. So a lot of people don't care about it and they're like, oh, it's just skills, schmills kind of thing. Um, but LinkedIn cares about it. So algorithmically, if you prioritise your skills section, you'll actually be found. So your profile can't do the result. Um, can't convert people and and actually give you a result if it can't be found.
0: And when you say the algorithm, I mean, is the LinkedIn algorithm still designed predominantly for recruiters, which is what this website is all about, or is it now designed to connect that skill set with people of interest to you?
1: Well, it's a a funny thing because people talk about the LinkedIn algorithm as if there's one. (laughs) No. <laughs> um, and the, algorithms, yes, there's a lot. So you know, I'm talking about one particular algorithm that helps you be found with doing a search. Um, but there's algorithms to prioritize your content. There's algorithms that prioritize your your reach, depending on how many people that you're connected with. Like there's there's so many. And listening to um, I think his name's Dan Roth, which is like the global global. VP of communications and something like that um, at LinkedIn head office, he talks about that the algorithms are actually highly customised per user. So (laughs) it's trying to match you with the people that you want to hear from and about the topics that you care about. So no two results are the same because you may be more interested in text-based because you hardly ever click on video, whereas other people love video. So they get fed more video because that's what they engage in.
0: And the topics that you discuss and you engage with and you use in your own content, I presume when you talk about this personalised algorithm, that's also going to drive content to and from other people with similar interests.
1: Well, you you would think so. Um, I've been testing it for a while. I'm not I'm not overly clean, keen on doing video just because I you know to me it's there's so much to do mm-hmm. to get video up and running and editing and captions and da da da. So mm. I don't often do it. But do I engage in video a lot? Yes, I do because I like seeing it. Um, so there's a there's a pure example of n- not everybody engages with what they actually produce most of
0: right so there's the the give and the take as well Yes. so there's
1: another algorithm (laughs) there's another exactly what do you want to be fed and what do you feed yeah i mean there's another one again which is looking at how often you're posting versus how much you're supporting your community Mm -hmm. if you're just a a post and leave kind of person linkedin is looking at that going "Eh, you're not really scratching our back so we won't scratch yours uh whereas some people are very voracious with uh, actually engaging with their community and spend a lot of time perhaps even commuting back and forth by train. They spend that whole hour engaging with other people but only post once a week or once a fortnight. So there's, you know, you get rewarded for different things based on your behaviour. And is it really important to be consistent
0: or uh, do you just be yourself and allow... The changes um, to evolve the way that you engage with the platform, and vice versa. I
1: I think there's, I mean, the statistically, the very very polished videos don't do as well. <laughs> now, I know I'm talking from a solopreneur, small business point of view. Yeah. Now, when you've got your big big companies like Coca Colas and all that sort of thing, people would expect it to be a polished, beautiful video done properly and, and like an ad on TV, right? So if they had the CEO doing a really poor quality, you know, chat from his lounge room, that, that wouldn't be looked upon so well. Mm-hmm. Um, although COVID threw another handball in there, didn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, so so the it's con, kind of like consistent imperfection um, does better than inconsistent perfectionism.
0: So whatever it is that you're doing your behaviour is going to um, reflect the, the levels of engagement that you get back. So if, if you yeah. suddenly produce like a $20,000 five-minute video all about your business and throw it up there, mm. um, and whereas the rest of the time you're being yourself and you're, you've got a handycam and... handicam, Did I say handicam? You did say handicam. I'm trying to think what that is again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally in your hand, a camera. Oh, right. I remember that. The organs, yeah. ah, So you've got a phone... <laughs> Just threw myself back to the 90s there for a second and you've got a phone and you're just walking around and you're showing showcasing your products and your services and your shop and whatever it is that you do as a small business owner but suddenly you've got this 20,000 is that going to kind of throw things out a
1: bit you've just got to be yourself well, I guess not not necessarily throw things out but if somebody has the ability to do that and they've done handycam <laughs> stuff <laughs> With the old VHS, where you load it directly in, um, those ones, and um, and then they also have the ability to produce a twenty thousand um, dollar video, which is perhaps an introduction to them and an overview of the whole business or something like that. It's fine to do, but that would be what I call an anchor video.
0: And these are the ones that you
1: pin? Yeah.
0: Right. Pin. Okay, so this is a pinned post. Yep,
1: it's either a pinned post or it's also one that you would add to your featured section because you want it there all the time. Okay, and this
0: is when people look at your profile and they're scrolling down, they're going to see the featured section. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's why it's important to have um, posts that are very, um, like, uh, have a lot of engagement on there as well. So yeah, if you sure. notice something that goes ballistic and sometimes things can happen and you just don't understand why yeah. um and sometimes they can take they can happen really quickly what what i find interesting is lots of people say when you post uh, you need to get that engagement in the first 12 minutes <laughs> but then sometimes it can be a few weeks later that it that it builds up is is the there a formula shifted. yeah is uh, is it because yeah. the algorithm's just ship, algorithm has shifted yes. or is it because sometimes things get a lot of engagement later and sometimes they get them earlier.
1: Yeah. No, the algorithm shifted around last September, October. Ooh. Yeah. So those who are um, basically LinkedIn was stamping down on two things, the use of pods and the use of uh, automation. Okay. So automation is in engagement automation. You're talking about Zapier programs uh, like that? No, no, no. More to do with there's, – there's about 90-plus of them, but things like Lempod and Duck Soup and things like that. Um, so Lempod, as an example, is a – I think it's a Chrome plugin, in uh-huh. And what you do is you go into, like, say, a pod of 50 people. Everybody dumps their links within a 15-minute window, and then the um, – this automation bot picks up all those links and just goes ahead and likes it or loves it or supports it. You know how there's like five different options. Um, Or they do auto-comments. So nice one, good work, congrats, you know. And because it's automated and using a bot you might be saying congrats when the person's pouring their hat out that the cat just died. <laughs> yeah. You know, or I'm out of business. COVID has put me out of business. I'm now officially. Thumbs up. Yeah, and you put a thumbs up, you know. <laughs> or congrats. See, bot's not that clever. No, no. And, I mean, one one <laughs> example was a client came to me and apparently it put um, insightful which is one of the, the um, that's reactions. The chin, that's the purple chin stroking yeah, one, yep, isn't I it? I believe yeah. so, yeah. And um, the person had done like a Snapchat filter, so their face had like cat filters on them or something like that and they were saying something really dumb and it said, oh, insightful. <laughs> and they got calls from clients saying, well, what was insightful about that?
0: Wow. Mm. So it is really important that you don't use bots and that you be yourself and you be genuine, Absolutely. apart from the fact that you can look like it. Idiot, yes. Uh, but also because the algorithm, the LinkedIn is looking for that and they're going to pick up. Now, how do they punish you if you are trying to automate or use bots or not be yourself? How,
1: sure. What, are they, I, what will they do to punish there's a, there's these There's a couple of ways. So they can do what's called shadow banning and some people refer that to it sounds um, like LinkedIn a, jail. It sounds like a, 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 a <laughs> character in one of my children's teen novels. Shadow ban. <laughs> Strikes again. <laughs> um, yes, so what that does is uh, when you try and put content out, it's going, well, you know, you're using things that we don't like, so therefore, when you put content out, we're going to give you, instead of the usual, you know, 2,000 views, we're going to give you like 20. Right. Because we're just not going to show it to anybody. Yep. Um, that's one mild version. Um, the other one is basically that they've identified which one it is, and since Microsoft took over in 2016, they've been very clever in actually pinpointing what the name of the plugin that you're using, whether it's a Chrome plugin or cloud-based. Wow! And they message you, they lock you out of LinkedIn, and give you this little pop-up that says, "We have noticed that you are using XYZ uh, plugin." So. If you sign this stat deck right here saying that you will – un what's it called? Disconnect. Yeah, Yeah, basically unsubscribe from it, disconnect it, and take it off your browser, Um, we will let you back in. So you click on the little box and say, yes, I'm sorry, slap over the wrist kind of thing and and go back in. That's the lucky ones. The other ones just get banned. (gasps) That can happen? Oh, yeah.
0: Can I just tell you as a small business? No, no, at least 10 Like I love – I love LinkedIn. I do. I do. I, yeah, it's like my Facebook. It's like my – <laughs> like I may have an addiction crack. <laughs> but uh, what's interesting is that um, I I would be fearful of that. Like that mm. would actually really concern me and probably restrict my presence online and affect um, the way that I'm perceived online as well. Mm. So I guess it is something to consider if you're using bots. What about if you're using other people to log in on your behalf
1: in other countries and do the work for you, a la outsourcing? Yeah, VAs and so forth. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So technically, terms and conditions um, says that you do not give your password to anybody else. You you signed that when you did the terms and conditions, the you know 120-page document that nobody read uh, when we signed up, <laughs> that one, um, that says that you won't give your password to anybody else. So technically you're giving it to somebody else if they're logging in in the Philippines, mm-hmm. for example, right? Mm-hmm. So a way around that is to double-check with your VA that they're actually using um, – it's like a remote IP address that is attached to a server in the same city that not you're Not just in. the same country. No, not just the same country. It needs to be the same city. So it looks like it's possibly another computer that you would own or another device because if you're sitting in downtown Sydney right now, it's possible that you'd go upstairs and go to another part of the office and go to another device and log in with that one.
0: It's quite difficult for people who live in regional remote communities because they wouldn't have, um, mm. I guess, the, the ease of which to find out what that server is or somewhere that lives that's in the local
1: area. The VA... If, if they're a good VA, they should be able to do something as close to as possible.
0: Well, there's a takeaway from today. One thing on your to-do list is to check that you've got um, your VAs doing that yeah. or or just use someone here in Australia.
1: Absolutely. There's yeah. plenty of VAs in Australia. And I do, I do have a client that's Melbourne-based and her VA is in the Philippines and they've already done that. But they also, because she gets shadow banned regularly, because once you're flagged for shadow banning, they check on you all the time. And they have had to go to the next level, which is one of them is never logged in at the same time.
0: Or they could just use someone in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, well, my my regular listeners will know how I feel about that one. Ah, okay. (laughs) So um, you're listening to Small Biz Matters here on Triple H. We are chatting away to Gillian Bullock, who is, of course, the LinkedIn ninja in Australia. It's thrilling to have her in the studio because I myself am learning just as much as my listeners. Now, if you've just uh, joined us, you can catch up via podcast uh of course itunes spotify the smallbizmatters.com.au website. And Jillian, last week we had mm. our 200th episode. OMG. Which is so exciting. So you're number 201. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can check out loads and loads of learnings there, on um, which are eternal. There's lots of things you can pick up. And the idea of Small Biz Matters is it's small business education. It's always going to be completely free and it's always linked to community radio, which we're very passionate about. Very we're going cool. to take a break break here on small biz listen to some community service announcements and the news when we return with Gillian, i'm going to speak to her a little bit more about um, how can you tell if your message is actually making a difference what diagnostic tools should you be looking at within linkedin to find out if uh, one post is doing better than the other or one engagement is and a little bit more deep diving into the content itself you're listening to triple h 100.1 fm we'll be back after this This episode of Small Biz Matters is proudly sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office. Led by Kate Carnell since its establishment only four years ago, Aspifio has provided education, advocacy and support, including free assistance if a small business is involved in a dispute. The office also provides assistance for disputes that fall under the franchising, dairy, horticultural and oil industry codes. Kate Carnell, as an independent advocate for small business owners, has the legislative power to influence our nation's lawmakers, ensuring legislation and regulations are put in place to help small businesses grow and in these times survive. Small businesses are the engine room of the economy and it's Aspifio's role to do all they can to ensure they have the freedom to innovate, employ and thrive well into the future. Welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM. You are live in the studios here in the kind of sunny suburb of <laughs> Speak. it's kind of sunny we are live in the studio with linkedin ninja Gillian bullock who mm-hmm. is always thrilling to have on the program because um i'm writing notes i'm thinking about how i can improve my profile my content my engagement my persona all of those things that wrapped up into the linkedin um profile and linkedin platform If you're listening and you've just joined us, of course, catch up via smallbizmatters.com.au where this podcast and over 200 others in long form are available for you to listen to. You can also check us out on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're enjoying it, please subscribe and give us a little rating. That always helps. So, Gillian, uh, just before the break, we were speaking a little bit about the algorithms and how they can change and that they are personalised not only for the way that you engage with others but the way that the platform engages with you. Mm But that's all about creating the content in the first place. And what I've noticed in the last six months is that the way and I'm, I'm pretty consistent with my content because I'm lazy. <laughs> oh, don't say that. I did change the pictures to make them look a little bit more consistent. <laughs> but I'm very consistent and I just do it all the same all the time. Does the algorithm like that or not like that? Do I need to spice it up a little bit? More? Well, is
1: it exactly the same content? Are you doing copy and paste word for word here?
0: No, 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 no. Okay. Not copy and paste. But what I'm saying is that my the days that I do it or um, there'll always be a picture yeah. and there'll always be um, information about the show and and then there'll be a link back to my guest. So in that way, it's always consistent. But okay. the content itself is, as the show, how fabulous it is, <laughs> is always different and varied. Okay. So it's is it about the content or is it about the consistency of the way that you post that helps?
1: Um, look, I, th- I think that's fine to do that. I mean, it's a consistent show. So, yeah, that makes, that makes sense that you would give your audience the consistency of the same sort of image and the colours and the, the little logo with the up-and-downy thingy, <laughs> the sound. The up and down. yes. Yeah, the yes, up-and-downy thingy, yes. Yep. that's one. Um, you know, that, that makes sense to do that. Um, I guess if that's all you're ever posting, though, and there's nothing else ever, which I know for you, like, you get behind a lot of um, the small business government matters and grants and da-da-da-da-da. Um, so... Yeah, you are mixing it up. But mm-hmm. if there is any listeners that are just doing exactly the same post and they're mixing up the image with, you know, the whole background looks the same and where they put their guest is on the right-hand side and they're always the same size and da-da-da, I think your readers will start to just look at it and go, oh, it's always the same and they'll become blind. Mm. Um, and, and they then, might
0: even see, they think that it is the same.
1: <laughs> yeah, they might, they might think it is the same content all mm-hmm. the time because there's just no variation versus if we had, you know, the phone was going right now and we had a little, um, you know, we were filming a, a little bit of this and then made a clip of, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, chunk of this information and then put that out there. It's repurposing. We haven't stopped talking as we're doing it. It didn't interrupt what we were doing, but we were just, you know, killing two birds with one stone kind of thing.
0: Right, okay. So uh, at the moment, not knowing what's happening in the future, uh, that is a positive thing to do within the platform of LinkedIn, just repurposing of content and mixing it up a bit in that way.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we're sitting here right now. You've got a radio Mm -hmm. broadcast going on which is repurposed to a podcast but then you could have a camera set up here as well which is recording it and putting it to YouTube mm-hmm. and then also being able to be cut up and spliced into Instagram and LinkedIn for smaller clips. Mm-hmm. So Let's it's trans- one conversation but yeah. it's been repurposed like four to five times.
0: Let's translate that to someone, say, who has a bookshop, for example. Okay. Uh, how could they do something similar with one piece of content in a bricks and mortar situation for you, in,
1: in your mind? Well, sometimes bookshops um, do get, you know, an author coming in or something like that or there's a launch of a new book that's just come out. Um, I was the books that my kids are under. Um, five Nights at Freddy's um, <laughs> was was happening and I went in to buy number five and six, but the bookshop stuffed up and they put out number seven three days or four days before it should have and they said, we're not taking it off the shelves again. But it wasn't in the computer Um, to actually buy yet. It hadn't gone out. So they could have taken advantage of that perhaps unless they got in trouble by the head office, but they could have taken advantage of that to actually put photos of it and saying, you know, this is just about to be unveiled on Monday because the book is just about to be released and there's already seven, you know, six episodes And I know kids in preteen kids can't wait for this number seven to come out.
0: So it's kind of a way of thinking what is actually happening in your business as a real life event. You don't need to make something up or fake it. Oh, absolutely not. And then turn it into maybe a picture or a a post or, you know, a quote from a kid who's reading the book. I think that there's – you don't necessarily need to be creative. You can be quite purposeful and – um, yeah. Process-driven with this as well. As long as you understand what the options are.
1: Yeah, it's almost capturing the journey of the day-to-day.
0: Mm. It, nice. It makes content. Mm. Exactly. And if you're thinking at yourself, well, I'm not a bookseller and I'm not a podcaster or I'm not a radio show host, well, think about what's happening in your business at the moment. Uh, perhaps you've got a brand new client. You can talk about them without mentioning them and talk about this new line of business or a new way that you're pivoting <laughs> oh, that word, <laughs> into a new um, avenue of income and uh, maybe tag a few other people into it as well. Um, what...
1: Ah, uh, so I was just going to add one more thing to that hmm. as well, is the social side of social media. Don't forget that. So for example, um, my dog was sitting on the cushion on the spare chair, which cause that, that office person is part time. So and it gets the afternoon sun. So my dog loves to sit on her chair when she's not in the office, but the pillow fell down and he kept getting on her favourite pillow. So I moved the pillow and put it on the desk, came back in the room. The dog was up on her desk. <laughs> a dog, not a cat, right, was up on the desk to get this pillow. And I thought, stuff, it! I'm taking a photo. Yeah. because it's too funny. Yeah, um, He never gets on the desk and I did kill him shortly afterwards. But uh, <laughs> Not, I but, thought you took the photo. <laughs> Not before I took the photo.
0: <laughs> and that's nice, isn't it? It brings that um, that human side to small Ooh. businesses. And, you know, as Peter Strong from Cosbo always says, we are humans at the end of the day and we Absolutely. need to be treated as such and individuals. And what a great way to, to show your personality and who you are in, in LinkedIn, yeah. even if a dog sitting on a cushion has nothing to do with what you do.
1: <laughs> well, it doesn't, but, he's you know, he's head of security. He is. Oh, well, for you. Well, sorry, he was fired because he's crap <laughs> at it. Um, he's he's now head of health and wellbeing. Yeah, mine's
0: ahead. Yeah. Mine's ahead of wellbeing. being. She's the well being yeah. officer. So let's talk about the way things have changed because I'm curious to know how frequently does um, do, do major changes happen with
1: LinkedIn in, in your experience? Oh my gosh!
0: Um, okay. And are they sporadic, or are they? Can no. they be predicted?
1: No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So. Once upon a time when I did the big four social media, which included Google+, remember that old chestnut? Oh. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't niche into that one. That mm. would have been a bit disastrous. Um, but there was probably a couple of months, I think, back back then. Or I was just spread too thin and I didn't know how many updates there were. But I've only done LinkedIn for, for five, six, seven years now, or something like that. And the most I've ever seen in one week, like, major significant have-to-change-what-you're-doing-changes is seven.
0: Well, sorry, week. Yeah. I thought you were going to say annually you need to know about once a quarter that they make changes. No. It's constant. It's constant, constant, constant. So you need to be almost A, constantly engaging to see the changes and B, tweaking it all the time as well. This is why bots don't
1: work. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> this is why bots don't work. Now, those those changes, for example, let's just start with The one that's popped into my mind is the find nearby feature. So pre-COVID, we used to be able to go, oh, we'll go into the Bluetooth, yes. find somebody. We all switch it on at the same time together, which was crazy. But anyway, you all switch it on together at the same time and you could find people that were standing there on LinkedIn that were nearby, yep. right? So that switched to another location, in the app, and then was put quite hidden. So that would change location three times.
0: But did they do that because of COVID? They didn't want people getting near each other.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was it disappeared before COVID I oh. think, from memory. Um, so then it was removed from the app altogether. But why
0: did they do that? That's a good thing, isn't it? They want to see greater engagement and people talk. I'm not even going to try and understand or unpack
1: yes. a multi corporation well, when they brought it out because it was something that. When you went into a room, if you just switched it on, you might as well be standing in an empty room with crickets around because everybody had to be on the same screen and all on Bluetooth at the same time to get it. So I thought, right, this feature is going to go the way of Dodo because unless the leader at the front tells everybody to switch it on, there's no point to it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just waiting for them to remove it because okay. it was never going to work. Okay, um, and you know it was just a matter of time. It took them about eighteen months to cotton on. But, but and what about yeah, they did remove
0: it? What about the way that these things, um, these developments, change the way that you post or the way that you you engage? So say for example, you know, one year or a few months ago, you're seeing three thousand views of your post, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it drops down into the hundreds. What is it that you're doing wrong? Um, I know it's not going to be one singular thing, Mm. but what is it that you're doing wrong that has made such a drastic change? What do you think might have happened? It's not
1: necessarily anything wrong. So 2017 and 16 was when I was roughly – I was upset if I didn't get 100,000 views. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now I'm upset if I get less than – probably 7,000. Okay, so it's everyone. It's not you, it's Oh, everyone. it's absolutely everyone and that and that is because there's more and more people on the platform, there's more and more content creators, there's more and more garbage on yes. the platform as well. Yeah. Um, there's so much more. You probably experienced this yourself through messaging. There's so much more spam. Mm. Um, there's so much more. Sponsored content, spon- which yes. I consider to be spam. Well, yeah, same diff. Um, but, you know, LinkedIn themselves do their own in- sponsored in-mails than try and get you to go to, you know, upgrade to, to uh, Sales Navigator. Well, duh, I have Sales Navigator. Right. Like you haven't even got your target market right. So so that's really quite interesting, that, that idea.
0: Let's, let's talk about the advertising and the in-mails and trying to get to people that way. Mm-hmm. Do you think it works in LinkedIn or are you better off just producing interesting and engaging content?
1: Um, ooh, that's a hard question to answer. Okay, so in-mails themselves I don't believe works. Uh, people have a perception that it's a sales document mm-hmm. and, and it's probably not uh, very well targeted. And that's because LinkedIn themselves started doing them. They, they put them onto universities and things like that to give them a go and it was hit and miss, totally hit and miss. And they're all sales letters. So, we just are ready, bracing ourselves. As soon as we see an email, we're like, oh, this is going to be crap. And it's going to be salesy. And nine times out of ten, it is. Mm. Uh, very, very rarely it's from somebody who's sent a connection request that you haven't accepted yet. And rather than send the note, it was just their lack of knowledge to know how to send a note with it. And so they've sent the connection request generally and then added an email to the end. Okay. So, that, but that's rare.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So in-mails on a whole don't work.
0: And what about advertising? So actually sponsored ads within LinkedIn, which I might add are horrendously expensive for a small business owner and quite, they are. quite out of reach. Yeah. But in your opinion, are they worth it for a return on investment
1: just generally, broadly? Generally, broadly, no. is <laughs> my, my sweeping answer to that. Um, there's a lot of other things you can do on LinkedIn that have better results, more consistent results, more impact mm. results than, than the advertising. Now, having said that, the advertising is so much better over the last few years to get in front of a, a more niche market they are getting a lot better with the filters you can use once upon a time it was almost like oh they're in sydney therefore they're my Uh, target market so
0: so you can now drill down and actually select maybe what type of business they are
1: yeah yeah where they're located location gender yeah 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 they can you can get quite niche now Mm -hmm. but your budget still has to be quite decent Mm. so you're better off by the sounds of it
0: I'm putting words in your mouth, but you're better sure. off working working on your content with a content expert rather than – and a campaign rather than actually throwing money at LinkedIn and expecting them to do the work in terms of the algorithm. I, in, in fact, I've just answered my own question <laughs> because without the decent content – to draw people in, nobody's going to look at the ad anyway. Yeah. So click on it. Yeah, pr-
1: pretty much, pretty much. And what, what I find hilarious is when, I don't know who the heck tells them to do it, but you've got company pages that like 11 followers and some, some, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere along, along the line, they've decided it's a good idea to start doing promoted posts for the company page. And it's like, hang on a second, you've got sweet bugger all amount of followers. Yes. It is so easy to get followers on a company page. There's just, it's a manual process, Mm. but it's dead easy. It's like click of button easy. And you don't have any content there, so what the heck do people want to follow it for? Yes. And to me it's not even logical. Yeah. Why would you start throwing money at promoted posts to get people to follow your company page? All right, let me talk about company
0: pages because I'm really intrigued by this because I think we've all had that debate on Facebook where we go, should I have a personal persona, personal page, and then should I also have a professional page, company page? And I think everyone's just kind of got a holding pattern where they've got... But my understanding is, with LinkedIn, you really need to have, if nothing else, but just to squat on the name. Mm-hmm. But you need to have a company page um, that you can cross refer to in your posts. And but then, isn't that another uh, thing that you need to complete the create content for continuously as well?
1: Not necessarily create content for it. As you said, you know, just just grab it because they will create one for you until you grab it or somebody else does. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, if you don't want to commit to putting content on there, then don't. Um, and I think that's a clear-cut decision to make. When, when I've got people that are kind of just starting out on LinkedIn, you know, they've got 500 connections, 800 connections, sometimes I was talking to somebody this week, 49 connections, they're really at the beginning of it. Yeah, cr- grab the company page, cool. But at the moment, you've never done a piece of content yourself, so I'm not going to tell you to do one on your company page, because the thing is they're dated. So if you do one piece of content and then do nothing for eight months, it looks like that page has been abandoned, as opposed to putting it up, making it look pretty cool, putting some images together in Canva so that it looks pretty schmick and profesh, and then just don't put content on there.
0: Yeah. And similarly... Um, you can create content because you can tag in that site as you're Ooh. writing. So I'll just give everyone my example. So when I, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> when I Because it's the only experience I have. So when I'm putting content up there for Small Biz Matters, I will tag in the company page of Small Biz Matters and that automatically becomes um, part of Small Biz Matters content because mm-hmm. it's been mentioned. Sure. Is that good enough?
1: Yep. Are you going over to Small Biz Matters to then engage back with it? No. Uh, Is that, what do I do, like it back? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. Because you've been tagged in on it, so there's an activity section. Yeah. Um, so it's super easy to go over to that activity feed and go, where was I last tagged? Because you might be being tagged in more stuff than you realise.
0: And this is something I discovered a couple of years ago. Suddenly I had multiple employees. <laughs> Surprise. That. Surprise. <laughs> and that was something else I was going to say. Do we still need to go back and check through our employees list, people who work here in your company page, just to – because it used to be quite difficult to get them removed. Is it, is it just as hard now? Um, it does take a,
1: a little bit, yeah. It does. But it's important because, oh, yeah. yeah, you need to make sure that you Because you don't know what they're doing as mm. well, what mm. they're doing on your behalf. Um, now, some people attach themselves to a company page to look like they're employed right now. But if they were clever, they'd attach themselves to a really big one. <laughs> Because then they'll never be seen. And and they were not going to bother going through their list and checking who's who in the zoo. Oh, absolutely. You know, attach yourself to a bank and there's already 40,000 legitimate employees. Yes. Um, So, you know, it's much harder to find. But they're a bit silly and they attach themselves to a one-man band and they're like, oh, how do I get found? Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And the other thing is... um, the LinkedIn business pages have now got a cool little analytics section. They do. Which I quite enjoy playing around with. Is, mm. that, is that How new is that and how much should uh,
1: small businesses be aware of, of that section? It's pretty newish. Um, there was always some sort of analytics there, but they've gotten a lot more sophisticated of, of late. And it is a cool way of testing your own content as well. So if you've put up, say, a video, going back to our video uh I mentioned before. Um and then you put that, you know, twenty thousand dollar video up on your company page as well. You can have a little bit more analytics of it.
0: As in who's looking at it how yeah. many times Well how
1: long they looked at it for oh. is a really important one as well. Great. Um whether they skipped through it. So you know, if it's a six minute video I think you mentioned, you know, my suspicion would be that you'd probably get maybe 10% watching it all the way through, if you're lucky. Whereas if it's a two-minute video, you're probably getting, you know, 30%, 40% watching the whole way through. Okay. And when you
0: say watching, that means it's coming up in their feed and they're hovering there and allowing the whole thing to play.
1: Yeah. Because some people do have a setting on that doesn't autoplay as well. So they've had to actually click on it to start the beginning of it.
0: Excellent. So yeah, oh, check yeah. out that analytics page. Yeah, the um, analytics are cool. Another key takeaway I've taken away from this taken away yep. from this uh, takeaway? chat a takeaway <laughs> from the takeaway <laughs> is uh, is to make sure that your profile is up to date with the skills section as well. Yeah. And um, if you're setting up a company page, maybe just start with friends and family, inviting them to follow it, so you can get a few get some numbers up. So it doesn't look like there's three people.
1: Well, yep. Yeah, I mean, my, mine would be crickets if it was family, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean, there's definitely people. An easy an easy one to do is just to have a look at your phone. You've got your business colleagues in your phone, mm. um, or through your email. Even looking at your your diary and seeing who you've contacted in the last month, um, and Hopefully you're connected with them on LinkedIn and just invite those those ones first. But you can invite 100 people a month, which is why I just sit there baffled going, you've paid for a promoted post and you've only got 11 followers? Right. Invite 100 people for nothing straight away. It'll take you maybe 45 minutes. And you've got 100 people following your page. That's cheaper than what you just spent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it only takes 45, it only takes a few minutes, as yeah. you said. Yeah. I didn't know
1: that it was once a month that you could do that. Yep. But... And as soon as they've said yes and they follow the company page, you get the credit back. Ah, so you can do up to 100 a month, but that's if they were sitting there pending for the whole month.
0: So that's one way that um, LinkedIn is encouraging genuine connectivity and, and engagement by yeah. getting people to like one another's pages. And and obviously absolutely. be nice and reciprocate the same for oh, them. Oh, absolutely. But be careful because what I, I noticed is that if people are looking at you, and I do this, if mm. I'm looking at people, say, for example, to come on the show, sure. I'm going to look at what they follow as well. So okay. what uh, what what companies do they follow? Maybe that's just me, but be aware of who you follow. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe just because it's a professional profile, just check out anything.
1: Well, I, kept, I think it also depends. So, for instance, I've always followed every client I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. So, and then I follow things that I'm interested in, and then I follow you know, topics that I'm interested in because that company is the leader of that topic. Right. So if you were to do your research on me, it would take you days because I follow over a 1,000 pages. I see. <laughs> so if you're being very selective about the company pages you follow and you're only following 10, then it's easy for, for people such as yourself to to do that little bit of research. But you it would take you days to do that research on me. And then you'd be sitting there going, Why are you following this company page when it's only got 27 followers, but you're also following staples?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's very interesting. (laughs) So you can sit there and unpack someone's personality or you can move on with your life. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, um, Gillian, it's been absolutely fabulous talking to you once again. I've got key takeaways, learnings from today's discussion. Where can people find out more about
1: you and what you do? Uh, LinkedIn would be a good one. (laughs) Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> yeah. So LinkedIn Ninja Down Under is the company page if they if they wanted to follow that, uh, which is of course attached to moi. So the, uh, and I would work. say,
0: just as a, from a personal note, as a small business colleague, that you are incredibly generous with the information that you put out there. It is a worth a page worth following because you will get consistent and continual education about LinkedIn and great little tips and tricks about how to improve your profile and your presence. Uh, so thank you Portial. to just for the small business community for doing all oh, that. Pff,
1: welcome.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure you will be hearing from uh, Gillian at your local events as well. She also does um speak speeches, uh presentations <laughs> and um uh, do them too. at uh, all about LinkedIn and of course because she is the expert. So if you've just tuned in, you've missed today's program which is available <laughs> via smallbizmatters.com.au where you can listen to over 200 podcasts, uh, which will help you grow and shape and um, and improve your business. It's all about small business education here on Community Radio. We, of course, broadcast on iTunes and Spotify and Overcast and anything else that you get your podcasts on. I found, I found we were on Amazon the other day. Wow, I'm on Amazon. Who would have known? Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. And if you've enjoyed today, enjoyed today's program, give it a little um, rating as well.
1: Five I'll be back star, five, five, star, five, stars, star, five
0: stars, five stars, five stars. <laughs> I'll be back next week with an another great guest. You've been listening to Small Biz Matters here on Triple H. Thanks for listening. This week's episode was proudly broadcast from Triple H Studios in Sydney, Australia and sponsored by the Office of the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman. If you've enjoyed listening, go ahead and give us some thank you stars on your podcasting platform. It would be much appreciated. Then head to the Small Biz Matters website where you can listen to over 170 episodes, read more about our speakers and find out how to become a media partner. See you all next time.